0: Hi, this is Tony Campolo. The name of the show is From Across the Pond. Every week we're here at this time on Premier Radio. We put it together here at Eastern University on on the campus of of uh, Cabrini University. Uh, uh, Cabrini University is a Catholic school that sits right across the road from Eastern University, which is a Baptist evangelical university. These are two highly sophisticated uh, universities that offer all kinds of programs in liberal arts. Uh, but we put together this show in order to communicate to people on the other side of the pond and uh, via our, uh, our website, uh, which is redletterchristians.org. It gets all over the world. So what you're hearing will be uh, listened to in South Africa, New Zealand, uh, Australia, all over the place, and certainly across the United States as well as throughout the United Kingdom on the premier network. We're, we're here every week at this time, and, and usually Shane Claiborne, the very prominent uh, author and speaker there in the United Kingdom, um, is with me. But he's taken the month off, so I'm doing a few shows all by my lonesome self. And I've taken this opportunity to share theological insights that I have and developed over the years. Please write to me if you have problems with this, Uh, You can go to my my own personal website, which is uh, TonyCampolo.org. Okay, got that? TonyCampolo.org. That'll get get, uh, you to write to me by uh, email, or you can write to me with snail mail. Um, My address is uh, Eastern University, 1300 Eagle Road, St. David's, Pennsylvania, 19087. USA. I'll give that address again later on in the program. So if, if you didn't have your uh, pencil and paper ready, which you probably didn't, uh, you can get ready for the end of the show. I'll give that information again. Uh, we're here every week at this time. We are uh, into this movement called Red Letter Christians. Have you heard about it? It's a group of people who want to take Jesus seriously you say, whoa, what does that mean? Don't all Christians take Jesus seriously? I don't think so. I think most Christians are uh, who are saved have a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, have surrendered their lives to him and said, uh, Christ come into my life, uh, save me from sin, purify my heart, my mind, my soul. I wanna be yielded to you, Lord. I want you to cleanse me and make me into the kind of person you want me to be. Here I am. Uh, Invade me, change me, make me into what you want me to be. yeah, You say, well, then I'm a Christian. Well, no, you're saved. There's a big difference between, between being saved and being Christian. Being saved is what Christ has done for you on Calvary's cross. Becoming Christian means that you are transformed into the likeness of Christ. I'm on my way to being what Christ wants me to be, but I'm not here, not there yet, brothers and sisters. It hath not yet appeared what I shall be, says the Scripture. But some day I shall be like Him. I'm on my way to becoming more Christ-like every day. When I wake up in the morning, that's the prayer of the morning. Lord, as I start the day, make me more than more into what You are than I was yesterday. When I was on this show last week, I talked about what it means to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to allow Christ to transform you from within. Today, I want to talk about how one receives the Holy Spirit. Now, I mentioned last week that I have a lot of Pentecostal friends. It's hard not to have Pentecostal friends these days, Because I think that Pentecostalism, or what we sometimes call the charismatic movement, and I can't differentiate between the two. People say I'm Pentecostal. People say I'm uh, into the charismatic movement. When I interview them, they're talking about the same thing. It means that they have had a special experience with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, The question is, how does that happen? Well, a lot of people call themselves Pentecostal have gone to meetings, perhaps in a local church or some big gathering like Benny Hinn is there and, and people are invited to come forward and receive the Holy Spirit. Generally, people have hands laid on them and uh, that's a beautiful experience. And uh, Often they, they start praying in tongues and often they feel, get that word, feel, Feel themselves being overtaken, possessed, energized, uh, they sense a new s- new awareness of God within the depths of their being. and when people lay hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit, often some uh, 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 evangelist or some pastor lays hands on people, or perhaps some spirit-filled lay person, as they call themselves, lay hands on them, and uh, they receive the Holy Spirit. I have to tell you, uh, I have had an experience with the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't come that way to me. Uh, That's one way of receiving the Holy Spirit. I want to affirm that. I want to say all kinds of positive things about that. But I want to say there are other ways of experiencing the infilling of the Holy Spirit, not because I said so, but because Jesus says so. In the book of John, the third chapter, he says this, that the Spirit, listen to this carefully, carefully, bloweth where it listeth. You cannot tell from whence it comes or whither it goes. So it is with those who are filled with the Spirit. You can't package it. You can't say, we've got the one and only way of receiving the Holy Spirit. Come to our church, our pastor will lay hands on you, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. That could happen. It has happened to many people that way. A pastor, an evangelist has laid hands on them and prayed, and they have felt, get the word felt, felt the Holy Spirit come into them. That's one way of doing it. It's not the only way of doing it. Jesus says, when you pray, and I'm now quoting from the fifth and sixth chapters of the book of Matthew, you might go off by yourself, He he suggests, go into a closet and shut the door, which is a way of saying, go to a place where you can shut the world out. And the God you meet in secret will reward you openly. I uh, take time each day to be alone, to be shut off from the world. Usually it's in the early morning when I wake up and I center down on Jesus. I say his name over and over again. Jesus. 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 Because there's something about that name. The dark forces, the evil forces are driven away, driven back. And there is created at the name of Jesus what the Celtic Christians in the ancient world called sacred space. They, uh, they called it The thin place. The wall between the individual and God is so thin that God breaks through, envelops them, invades them, and they feel his spirit exploding within them. Oh my, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I wish I could say every morning I have this indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. I wish I could say that. It doesn't happen every morning. But it does happen. Being a sociologist, you can figure out that I have statistically figured what the situation is. And for me, it comes about one out of every nine times. Uh, I feel I feel the presence of Christ invade me, possess me, fill me. I, I have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I don't... Uh, Uh, start praying in tongues. I I don't start doing any of the fantastic things that some of my uh, Pentecostal friends do, but I feel the Holy Spirit. You know, this is not uh, uh, some wild-eyed thing. I want to talk about John Wesley just for a moment. He is the one who gave birth to the Methodist movement, which permeated England. I mean, there were the Wesleyan revivals across the United Kingdom, and, of course, across the United States. Huge numbers of people had an experience with God, felt themselves uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Wesley talks about when he first experienced it. He always believed in Jesus. He grew up uh, under the auspices of his mother, Susanna Wesley. She brought up her children in the ways of God. And he learned about salvation through his mother. Uh, He went off to Oxford University where he studied to become an Anglican priest. And he did become an Anglican priest. More than that, he became a missionary here in the United States. And um, as a missionary, he did the best he could, but There was something lacking in his life. His theology was correct. He believed in the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed. He believed that the Bible was an inspired book written by men who were guided by the Holy Spirit. He talked about being saved, and you're saved by trusting not in your own good works. You don't earn your salvation. You're saved, you receive God's salvation when you humble yourself and say, Lord, there's no goodness in me, but I know that what you did on the cross was to take the punishment for all the sins I ever committed upon yourself. And so I'm freed from fear of being punished from sin because of what you did on Calvary 2,000 years ago on the cross. You're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. It's not your good deeds that save you. It is, in fact, what Jesus did for you on Calvary 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross and took upon himself the punishment for all the sins that, for which you should be punished. He took them upon himself. It says in Scripture, by his stripes we are healed. By what he endured on Calvary, you are delivered from the punishment of sin. That's being saved. But, and, and John Wesley was saved but he knew that there was something missing in his life. Uh, he, he was afraid of dying. He's coming across the ocean on his return trip from the United States, and there's a hurricane that comes upon the ship, and he's sure he's going to die, and he trembles with fear, and he hears some Christians in the next cabin, Moravian Christians, singing hymns of praise to God joyfully, and he's saying, what's the difference between them and me? They are unafraid of dying. I am fearful. There's something missing in my life. When he gets back to, uh, to the United Kingdom, when he gets back to London, he's wandering down the streets of the city and on Aldersgate Street. And you can go and see the great meeting where he had this Aldersgate experience. And he goes in, there's about 20-plus people sitting in a circle, and they're praying. And he joins them. And he writes in his diary that night. And suddenly, my heart was strangely warmed. It doesn't say he spoke in tongues. It doesn't say that he prophesied. It doesn't say anything except this. In his diary, he writes, I felt, get the word, felt. I felt the Holy Spirit in me. I felt a warmth within me. I felt Christ's Spirit invading me. And that was the beginning of the great Wesleyan revivals that transformed England. People by the thousands began to have these times of warmth with God. Have you felt the warmth of the Holy Spirit in your life? Then do what I'm suggesting and what Jesus told you to do. If you haven't had a Pentecostal experience at a Pentecostal church or a a Betty Hinn gathering or some gathering like that, Go off by yourself. Perhaps like I do in the morning. Center down on Jesus. Drive everything else out of your mind. I remember the old hymn that we used to sing in our teenage years. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Listen to these words. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Center down on Jesus Open yourself up, and in quietude, in stillness, He will come into you. You know what it says in the book of Isaiah? They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall man up like eagles and fly. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, that incredible renewal in the Spirit. But a few verses later it says, And in silence and in quietude He will come into you. That's not the only way to receive the Holy Spirit. My Pentecostal friends give a different description of how they have received the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying how I have received the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit has invaded me has come to become a living presence in my life. To be filled with the Spirit is to feel his presence. Hundreds of years earlier, Blaise Pascal, uh, the one who uh, developed some of the basic rules of, of, uh, of algebra, And uh, 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 quantum physics were, uh, I mean, the greatest mind in the last 500 years, according to Einstein. He had a similar experience. He sits alone in a darkened room. And he writes in his diary the next day, 10.30 p.m., fire, fire, fire. Not the God of the philosophers, not the God of the theologians, but the God that was alive in Abraham, Moses, Jacob, and the God that was alive in those great patriarchs of the past. I felt the Spirit of God. Have you felt the Spirit of God? You can, you, you can be saved, but if you're looking for something more, then perhaps you should go to a Pentecostal church, and if that doesn't do it for you, um, the, uh, the surrendering in stillness and quietude of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that is an amazing event do it. And you say, well, I did it last night and nothing happened. Keep doing it. Seek and ye shall find. Be patient. They who wait patiently for the Lord. It says that in scripture. Wait patiently morning after morning and one day it will happen. You will feel. You say, how can you be so sure? Because Jesus gives the promise. Whoever seeks will receive. Whoever asks uh, will receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So uh, do that. Uh, surrender to the Holy Spirit. This is Tony Campola. The name of this show is From Across the Pond. Uh, we're here every week at this time. I say we be uh, because Shane Claiborne, the famous author and speaker over there in the United Kingdom, is usually with me, but he's taking the month off. So I'm doing a few shows without him. And I, at this point, I'm basically sharing my own Christian experience, and what has happened to me over the years as I have tried to live out the Christian life, not in my own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Please note, if you try to live the life that Christ has called you to live, as he outlines that life in the Sermon on the Mount, he lets you know in no uncertain terms. Without me, you can do nothing. You won't be able to pull it off. I mean, at the end of that passage, On the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know whether you've ever read the fifth, sixth, and seventh chapters of Matthew, but at the end it says, uh, Be ye perfect, even as the Heavenly Father is perfect. Wait a minute. I'm willing to. You can become more and more Christ like as you surrender to the Holy Spirit. But without Christ in you, you won't be able to pull it off. Without me, you can do nothing. When you read the Sermon on the Mount, you say, I'm sorry. This is too impossible for me to sow what I have, give it to the poor, uh, to live like the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, uh, depending on Christ for my everyday sustenance. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Well, good news, you can be saved without being sanctified. Uh, The Methodist tradition, the Nazarene churches talk about sanctification where the Holy Spirit transforms you into the fullness of the nurture of Jesus Christ. But uh, we're here every week to talk about Jesus. And I'm talking about Jesus saying uh, how to pray for the whole, to be filled with his spirit. We preach red-letter Christianity, and we preach it for good reason. And we preach it because uh, so often we get our doctrines correct. The Apostle Paul gives us doctrines. Uh, you won't read, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, in anything that Jesus says. Paul gives us the doctrines. What Christ does is spells out the lifestyle that we are supposed to live if we're to be followers of Jesus. The early Christians did not call themselves Christians, interestingly enough. They called themselves people of the way. They uh, say we're going to live the way Jesus called us to live. We're people of the way. Go to the website, redletterchristians.org. Did you get that? redletterchristians.org, and you can learn all about this movement. There's a place to sign up. What's more is we want you to sign up. We want you to identify yourself. Uh, You can sign up and give us your email address, and you can read all about the uh, things that Red Letter Christians are doing day in and day out, week in and week out, by going to the website, redletterchristians.org. I've been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I talked about the ways in which our Pentecostal and charismatic friends talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll hear people say, I'm a charismatic Christian or a Pentecostal Christian. That means that hands were laid on them and in some ways that are hard to describe, they feel themselves possessed by the Spirit. I have been at meetings where this has happened, where people have passed out and uh, have been lying on the floor and and been unconscious for like a half hour. And when they come back to consciousness, there's an anesthesia, a joy about their faces. It's a wonderful thing to see. That has never happened to me. What has happened to me is this. With regularity, I go to uh, a a place where I'm off by myself. Usually I'm in bed in the early morning, like six o'clock in the morning. And I begin to focus on Jesus. I focus on him on the cross. I become very conscious of him there. I wait for him to reach out across time and space from the cross. Because Christ is on the cross is not limited by time. He can reach forward from Calvary into your life. And he can touch you if you open yourself up and say, Cleanse me, O oh God see if there be some dirty wicked ways in me and cleanse me purify me that happens to me and i feel get the word feel i feel the holy spirit you say where do you get this feel stuff you're to love god with your whole heart mind soul and strength the mind you gotta believe the right things your soul that's the place where decisions are made You've got to live out the ways of Christ as prescribed in the Sermon on the Mount and elsewhere in the red letters of the Bible. You know, the old Bibles had the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the lifestyle he calls us to live, spelled out in red letters. Read those red letters and live. You are my disciples, he said, if you do whatsoever I command you. Read those red letters. Find out what Christ demands us to do. He commands us to live out a lifestyle that's radical and extreme, and you say, I'm not sure I can do that. I read the Sermon on the Mount. I'm not sure I can do that. You're right. You can't do it. But Christ living in you and through you, that can happen. I love when Paul writes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life I now live, I not live through my own strength, but I live in the power of Christ who is in me? Is Christ in you? I, trusting in Christ for salvation is one thing. Having Christ in you, i.e., to have the Holy Spirit in you, empowering you from within, that is something else. And it's a second thing. Uh, some of my Pentecostal friends call it the second blessing. Well, I haven't had a second blessing. I have a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a hundredth. I mean, every day becomes an opportunity to experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I hope you give the Holy Spirit a chance to possess you and change you and transform you from within. I hope you come back next week, because next week what I'm going to be talking about is how, in fact, your life will become an instrument for changing the world, working for social justice. That's one of the consequences of being full filled with the Holy Spirit as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the children of God. Let me assure you of something. Listen to this, that if you are filled with the Spirit, you will be led to become somebody who stands against racial injustice, who will stand against uh, the homophobic attitudes of so many Christians, who will stand against uh, uh, poverty, who will work for justice for all people. It's one of the outworkings of the Holy Spirit. And so I hope you come back next week and listen in. In the meantime, let me uh, say I I want you to take note of uh, this program. We're here every week at this time. And uh, what we're about is Red Letter Christianity. Go to the website, redletterchristians.org. Go to the website, redletterchristians.org. Find out what we're saying, what we're teaching What we're trying to do, most of the things you'll find on our website have to do with social justice, but you can't live out social justice for Christ unless you're filled with Christ, and you're not going to be filled with Christ until you take time to become holy. So either go and receive the Holy Spirit in some charismatic meeting, or go into the closet, shut the door, and the God you meet in secret will reward you openly. This is Tony Campolo thanking you for watching, or I didn't say watching. I'm so television-oriented listening. Be back next week.